Jamie Chaucer. A twist of fate, the meshing of souls, and a desperate man willing to do anything to save his mate. To a mere human like myself, Alistair's powers are unfathomable, and he's using them to his fullest ability to ensure my survival. Even before he found out why we're so drawn to each other, he was willing to do anything to change my future. And now that he's realized just how entwined we are by destiny, He's determined to travel to the past and rewrite history. He'll cross impossible barriers and break every moral code just so we can be together. But the fight for my life isn't over because history has a way of repeating itself no matter how far you go back in time. Please note, Magic in the Moonlight is not a standalone novel. Monster in the Moonlight should be read first. That's Magic in the Moonlight by Jamie Schlosser. Go grab it now! Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. I've got my DJ voice on right now because before I feel like when we were talking, I was like, fuck everything. <laughs> I hate men. And all of a sudden I'm like, hey, welcome to Read Me Romeo. It's another new audiobook week on the podcast. We have Capturing His Kitten by Mink, which is exciting. So we're going to wait a little bit to talk about it. <laughs> so we've got a lot of good stuff to talk about before then. But um, it is the most wonderful time of the year. How long is over? It's Christmas. I turned my Christmas lights on. You know what I just got? So it'll be up when this light goes live. Starbucks just messaged me that the coffees are out tomorrow. Yes. Yes. All right. Sugar cookie coffee's back. Fuck yes. That one's so good. Man, I love it. That's awesome. Um, I've heard that they've had like a national shortage on white chocolate mocha. Which, yeah, I know. So I've been getting a couple of different things every time I go to try to make up for it. But do you have, um, you have your exterior lights up. Do you have any trees up yet? You're going to do that this weekend? I guess I could. You could. There's nothing stopping you. There isn't anything. I hadn't thought that far yet. (laughs) Just for the outside lights, that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just went outside and I turned them on. I was like, I turned them on on Halloween Eve or Halloween, (laughs) like at like 10 o'clock. I was like, yeah. It's over it's with, okay. guys. You can do it. I thought about putting up a tree in my office, but you know, I, I talked about it a little bit last year, but the tree that I have up in here is my, it's my Harry Potter tree. I love it. It's my favorite. It's always the first one I put up because it's my favorite and it's my, in my office all the time and it's just so cozy. But um, the tree is flocked. So it has like the fake snow on it. Mm-hmm. And the past two years I put it up, the cat loves to eat it and then barf and then eat it and barf. And it, he, it's like he's bulimic. Like he just constantly does it. And I can't like get him to stop. It's like lactose and Yes. And it's like that, ice that's cream. it. He just keeps like purging himself. I'm like, what is wrong with you? You're it already must taste skinny. Like something. Because you know cats can't taste sweet. Yeah, I, I I think it's chewy because it's like the fake snow is stuck to it. It doesn't mm-hmm. like come off real easy, but it's soft, kind of like styrofoam. So yeah. I think he likes chewing it. So last year I had to put a lock on my office door. But then they my can dumb, open those. I know. My dumb dog just pushes through it. Yep. He's so like, my oh, cat will take his hand under it and mm-hmm. he will pull it open. Little bastard. Damn, like, 
You can't. Just, I have to take a hair tie and put it over the two door handles. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> so, so this year though, I thought I would just order a new tree, <laughs> so I won't have the flocked one. And Michael's had all of their like really nice mm-hmm. trees. Some of them are, like seventy percent off. So I ordered one and it should be here this weekend. So I'm probably going to put it up maybe this weekend. We still have Halloween decorations outside, but I don't care. Those will come down probably this weekend too. And I'll put up some Halloween stuff. The other big thing this weekend that's coming is the Renaissance Festival. And I'm super excited about it because like we haven't, we didn't go last year because we didn't get time. And then the weekend or the year before was 2020 and they didn't do it. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been since 2019. But the Renaissance Fair here is one it tours, although it like where it, they do it at, the structures are permanent. Ours and they, is like that. It's permanent. Yeah. And it's like, but they only have it for two months out of the year. It's October and November and that's it. And the end of November, they don't do anymore. And I'm like, how are you going to put these huge permanent structures out here in this big like field area and then just leave it for 10 months? I, I feel don't like know. they do it longer here. I feel like we have it for like four months or something. I have to look it up. It's in Kansas, but we have so much land around here. You can do anything anywhere. It's like kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It's near Carowinds, which is like outside Charlotte, but like it's over, it's it's over an hour from here, but they, um, they have it in a, they, it's the one that comes from Atlanta. So Atlanta has the same thing where they do it for a couple months there and then they just all pack up and just travel up here and then unpack and do it. And then all pack up. It's like a circus. So, you know, it's really cool, though, and we haven't been in a couple of years, so I think it should be fun to go to this weekend if the weather's nice, so I'm looking forward to that. I have on here that you have something to tell me about a TV show. Oh, well, I, I need to know. That I was watching, because you love... Um, love is Blonde? Oh, no. I'm I haven't obsessed. watched that one yet. I went down... Okay. I like things like crime shows and cult stuff. Okay, like, yeah. You know, things like mm-hmm. that. I get fascinated with groups of people and how mm-hmm. people get to where they are, how you get stuck like in cults and stuff. Yeah. yeah, like how you get mm-hmm. how people get stuck in abusive relationship, how you get stuck here and yeah, how yeah. this group moved here or how mm-hmm. you fall into a cult. Yeah. So yesterday a rapper died. Ooh. Wait. I feel like I heard this. Talk to me. So, um, sorry, I can't remember his name offhand. Everybody's okay. Screaming at it. So, yesterday, a rapper died. And so, I was. It, it's I, not culture. No. Yes, I think that might was be. Was that who? Did, okay. I he saw was with something. Future or something. It is Maybe really was, okay. hard for me to keep mm-hmm. all of these names straight mm-hmm. because after this rabbit hole I went up, take off. Okay. 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 So, um, so I was just, th- I randomly seen it because I'm always keeping up on TMZ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it pops in the back of my mind that, you know, a lot of the criminal shows I've watched are these rappers dying. And hmm. then I remember Rihanna's husband or baby daddy's like yeah. up for a bunch of court stuff and Outcast is on. They think he's doing this other stuff. I was like, are these really famous people really in gangs? Like, and how did they progress from here to here? So I fell down the hole okay. of hip hop. Oh, I all love this. Down to the side. I mean, I went all the what way down. What a great journey like for you. <laughs> it was like a tumble. And then, so I'm going down this rabbit hole. I'm texting my friend's husband because he knows everything about mm-hmm. it. He grew up in New York. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, fascinated by these systems he's like you have to watch the evolution of 
hip hop. Okay. So that's on Netflix, anybody. And that gives great history, but what it's not giving me still is I can't keep all these names straight either. Yeah. Like it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. And I actually, as I'm watching this, I'm like, this is like history. And our kids aren't even like I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to them not wanting us to know these things and teaching us in school that in the 70s and 80s, it was like a war zone in the Bronx when they showed the pictures. I was like, that looks like another country. It does, yeah. And that was happening Mm -hmm. here in America as Mm -hmm. I was skipping my way to elementary school here. Mm -hmm. That was in the 80s when they introduced crack. And it's just so mind-blowing. And then the epidemic just took off. And it was, I mean, that's why people didn't go to like Times Square for, you know, decades because of that. Because of the crime and stuff. But it's just like, I've never learned about a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I took, it wasn't just hip hop. It was America's history yep. and mm-hmm. all of that going down and these wars and these rappers are still in these gangs and how they get stuck. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. that's what fascinates me is people getting stuck in a system. Mm-hmm. Cause I have like on my sister's husband ex-husband side or whatever there's like one normal family member over there mm-hmm. but she won't leave the area i'm like mm-hmm. why doesn't she move out of there i'm like how do you get stuck and it's kind of like that everybody goes home but i noticed when the rappers go home they die oh wow it always seems like when they go back mm-hmm. they die that's what i was putting together in my head before i started mm-hmm. tumbling down the hole trying to yeah. research it it's because it's like, you know, that essentially that these, the, the rappers that make it, that actually get famous, they, I think they feel like maybe they have an obligation to these gangs and these, you know, family that they've created this is to what, come back and take care of them. You well, know? what they don't cover in, or they haven't yet, I'm only in season two, there's four seasons. They aren't covering a lot of the gang activity because you have to have mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. to do some of these things, to have this equipment, to have this stuff nowadays how do you get that equipment yeah you have yeah. to get it from you know the drug dealers people running mm-hmm. the gangs and mm-hmm. and some have tried to get out i've seen in one of my research because where i'm at i'm only in like the 80s or 90s but i've gone down the research hole a couple have tried to get out and they came and killed them like mm-hmm. four men showed up in black shot them in, at their house and mm-hmm. i'm just like it's mm-hmm. like they're stuck. It doesn't matter if you go back or you don't. It's like being trapped in in the system. Yeah. It's, it's very cult-like. I mean, you know, gangs and stuff like that, too. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, Kevin loves to watch um, the um, gangland. And I have learned so much about... Mm-hmm like gangs from that show and i know a lot of it's dramatized but there is a lot of truth that happens in it too we're just explaining how the gangs operate and how it is it's nearly impossible for people to get that's, out of these situations and stuff on one of my reality shows i remember because that's what popped in my head was one of the guys got out of jail and he wanted to parole somewhere else and they wouldn't let him he's like you don't understand if you parole me here mm-hmm. i'm going back to jail i'm yeah. in a body bag yeah. It's only two ways out of this situation if you don't get me out of here. 
And, you know, that goes along the lines with like, you know, when we talked about like redlining and hoods and ghettos and like the context of that and what those things mean. And because they were systematically placed in these areas, you know, in poor urban areas where people don't have any type of advantage to get out of this, you know, there's no upward mobility, quote unquote, in those situations. It is for most people, it's just survival. Well, I didn't realize, and I can't wait to talk to my dad about this, because when I was younger, I wasn't allowed to listen to rap, Mm -hmm. because he was like, they degraded women, you're not listening to that shit, it's disgusting, I'm not going to have that in my house, how would you dare listen to that, how they talk about women, but now that I'm learning the history of it, (laughs) I realized that they were doing that shit on purpose. Because the nastier they were, even too short gets on there. He was like, it's an act. I don't have 16. He's like, I'm, it's a stage. It's a performance. It's not Mm -hmm. real. And the nastier we are, the more we get heard, the farther we get spread. Mm -hmm. And the FBI tried to go after them. The FBI came down (laughs) and was like, you all can't sing that music. (laughs) But you don't think about it. My millennial brain is like, Mm -hmm. that's not kids you. I can't tell somebody they can't, but they really did. Yeah. They well, had and to like, go like through. They were arresting them if they sung the song. Who were you talking arresting about? Arresting them down in Florida, down in Florida, Miami. Oh, okay. The mm-hmm. crew down there. Mm-hmm. There's one. I forget his name. I have to look it up. They're like everybody should thank him because of, because of him, you're allowed to say whatever you want on CDs. Yeah. As long as it has parental. He went advisory. through. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. He went mm-hmm. through all the the legal system. Mm-hmm. Uh, the appeals and he had to appeal it first time because he lost and it went to a jury and the jury found him not guilty. I think I've watched this before. It's like episodic. Like there's different episodes mm-hmm. where it's different eras. Yeah. You know, what was interesting too is if you ever watch the documentary on NWA and how they formed and how they sort of evolved and how it fe- how that factored into their gang and stuff that was there and you know they had the song fuck the police you know and that was like that i remember listening to that when i was younger i'm like are they really saying that? like you know that kind of thing but it's it, it is it's like there's so much history behind it where people are just like oh i don't listen to rap and i'm like well you're missing out on a huge part of history in America just by not listening to this. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, and like yeah, they said, they, sure. they said the dirtiest stuff, but look, now you're paying attention. You're looking over mm-hmm. here, aren't you? Yeah. And yeah. everybody should be looking over what's going on mm-hmm. down here. And I get it because there is something to be said about like, you know, there is shock value in it. It is a performance. So you, the same could be saying about uh, Marilyn Manson and his shock mm-hmm. value and performance. are He is a piece of shit. Though. But yeah. like, you know, with, with rap music and stuff like that, it's it's hard to to catch that because, you know, although they're saying these things and to them it's art and to them it's just for shock value, it's also when other people hear it, it's the message that it sends because not everybody understands it that way and interprets it that way. I didn't understand. I know. Some of them take it literally. Or like your dad where it's like yeah. it's, you know, it's negative for women and this kind of thing. And I don't want you to hear that sort of stuff or perpetuate it. And I can understand that too. There's you know, with anything, there's going to be vast ends of the spectrum, but you know, it, I guess to compare it to romance, you know how I'll, I hate to say that there's smart romance because I feel like that, that infers that there's a stupid romance. It's not like that with rap music. I don't think there's a smart rap or a stupid rap. I think that there is 
a there wide variety. Clever, there's clever and intentional rap music where it's written and it is artistic. And to me, that's what Wu-Tang is. That's what yep. RZA is. He is artistic. He is beautiful. His words are, and he even said, he's like, it is a symphony. And it is. It is. No, that's, they said a few of the rap battles they had that some of the bigger ones have lost, but it was only because they brought people to scream louder. But when they played the tapes Mm -hmm. back, nobody cared about the one that everybody was screaming for. They brought, they were Mm -hmm. listening to the words of the other group and they're like, because the other people were just putting on a show. Yeah. While the other yeah. ones were making poetry. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's interesting that you're, you've are fallen into this rabbit hole. I'm anxious to see where this leads you and what you're going to be a fan of when you walk out. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, I feel like it's a huge history lesson that I didn't mm-hmm. know was like right there. <clears throat> Look into NWA because, I mean, that's where... So no, many people ha- got their start. Yeah. I mean, they talk about it in a documentary, but there's a, there's a specific documentary that I believe, I think it was Ice Cube and Dr. Dre may have put on, but it talks about how they like got their start with this and what it, what this led them to that when they, when they formed NWA and how they've advanced their career since then and what it meant, you know, to to go through that experience. So it's interesting to me too, but I think because it is so much of my childhood or, you know, my adolescence, I guess is more likely, you know, that's what it reminds me of. But then when I was on Netflix today, you know, have you seen that show? I am a killer. I've talked about it before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get on there today, which last season was meh. I think -hmm. it's hard to find people that you're kind of interesting. That wasn't violence against women. Yeah. They don't do violence against women. I was going to say, it's probably hard for them to find somebody. (laughs) Yeah. And today I get on there. You know what's on there? What? I am a stalker. Ooh, what is that? I was like, yeah, I watched the first episode and it was, it, it wasn't going like how I, I wasn't sure how it was going to go. And you, it was just like this guy uh, going down a hole with this guy. He was a stalker. Mm-hmm. And I think it's raising crazy. It's going to raise awareness for stalking, which I'm like, I like stalking in books. This is terrible. Why is this man in jail? Not in and, real life. It's better when it's in a book. <laughs> so I've watched a couple episodes. If anybody else has seen I Am a Killer, there's mm-hmm. I Am a Stalker now, which is interesting because it just shows the flaws in the system, the lack of protection for women. Or this is going to tell people how to really do it, how to really get away with it. <laughs> Have you, have you watched Love is Blind yet? Have you? No. I don't know how many more times I can tell you that you have to watch the show with me. I don't know. I'm scared of it. I don't know. No, listen, Abby Knox and I are obsessed. They dropped new episodes today. And I was like, if I watch one before bed, I won't go to sleep. This is season three. Because I know spoilers on Hmm. season three. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think I know spoilers on season three i don't know it, they, they just dropped the final episodes today like i think so, i think i learned some spoilers like two weeks ago acts well it was on reddit like it came across know, they're skin. usually pretty good about locking it down so i don't maybe so though maybe somebody said but um you know they had um season one there's still couples that are still married and that was from 2019 they're still mm-hmm. married i know and, there's that one couple I even know their faces. I don't know their oh, names. I know their Cameron and Lauren. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're like the hero couple. They are yeah. the best ever. And so there's a guy this season. His name's Brennan. 
he is 100% Cameron vibes. Like, the sweetest adores her and they have a they I think I don't know if they classify her as plus size I think she's normal size she's probably like a 12 or something like that uh, maybe she's skinnier I don't know what I, I shouldn't guess at her size but she's curvier she's the curviest person they've ever had on the show and her name's Alexa and she is gorgeous and he is so in love with her that oh I can't I cannot wait to see what happens if they I have a feeling they'll say I do I feel like that's the only one I'm sure of last season I watched that final episode with Abby and I was like I said I don't think any of them should get married and I told her like at the end of it you know when it was all over this is a little spoiler if you haven't seen season two fast forward they all end up getting divorced the ones that go through with it they all divorce okay then maybe it was season two I heard about okay somebody was like none of them are together None of them are together anymore. So no, maybe it was there season were, two. Yeah, there were two couples that went through with it, two or three, but it, they all they all divorced. But I but I said it. I said I even told Abby the other day. I said I feel like season one. It was the first time they were ever doing it. It was truly an emotional experience, mm-hmm. and people went into it without preconceived notions, and it worked. Two couples are still together, and it's been like five, four or five years, you know, and. I wondered now if it's more geared towards a reality show where they're just searching for a Cameron 2.0. Exactly. So, but now it's like, I wonder if they don't kind of push people together based on their drama and stuff or whatnot. I don't know. I've heard they do that on the bachelor and bachelorette. That's what I think too. I think they get people on the show that are going to be dramatic because it's a TV show, excuse me. And you don't want it to be boring. Yeah. But I think there's something to be said about someone actually finding true love because season one is still incredible because of that, because of Cameron and Lauren. And this season, season three is so good because of Brendan and Alexa, because they remind me so much of them where they're just like 100% we're in love. This She said, I, she looked at him, she said, that's him. That's my person. And it was just like, oh, and I told, I was texting Abby because she had already watched the moment where they met for the first time. And I texted her. I was like, please tell me like when they do the reveal and he sees her for the first time, please tell me he's not an asshole. She's like, he's not an asshole. She's like, it's okay. And I was like, okay, good. And so I go and watch it and they like lift the thing. And he's like, she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And it was like, Like, that's the shit I live for, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care about the drama. I don't care about them going to see their families. I kind of skim sometimes over those episodes because I'm like, they're not going to end up together. This is stupid. And so, but then I get to their part where it's true and genuine and I want to watch every minute. And I think that's what these producers don't understand. That there are people who want the hallmark. They want a reality hallmark. Yes. Yes. Why don't, you know, that's what we should do. If we could produce a show, we would produce that. We would produce a reality Hallmark show. <laughs> we would let any woman on the street walk in. We were, can you imagine our interview process? You're a woman. You're good. Go for, to the left. We get one man in there. We grill him for 17 hours straight. No break. And they were like, do we let him through? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He, he, he picked blue instead of pink. I don't know. Can we do a lie detector test? Yeah. Lie detector. I'd be like, where were you January 6th? <laughs> Immediately. Immediately, no. Oh, God. We would. We would seriously, like, have to go. We would go through the interview process. It would be days for the men. And the women, we would just have the door open. Whoever wants it, you're good, babe. We love you. Come on in. Yeah. 
All right, let's talk about Maine. Oh, actually, what? to remind people to, what? to go out and vote. Wouldn't that be today? Yes, it's Tuesday oh, the 6th. I don't know. What day is this? Today's Tuesday. Is the 7th? Yes! Go oh, my vote. God. If you're listening to this, vote. Bitches, sure get your you vote, vote on. Right, 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 your votes. Um, yeah. Oh, and also, self-plug, we have Brother's Best Enemy should be out very soon. Yeah, I can load it whenever. I know. We'll see. It should be out soon. So be on the lookout. We have our Christmas book, our first Christmas book of the season. So make sure you check that one out. It's called Brother's Best Enemy. It's the book that we, the series where we've done nothing but tropes in all the books. Yeah. Like so, every book has like at least two tropes. Yeah. So this one's good. Also, we have more taboo books coming because apparently people really like them. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have more taboo books. So if you read... And- Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, and this time we're going to do some singles. We've realized not everybody yeah. loves Minaj. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't like Minaj. We've realized all of them were Minaj. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, we need to do some one-offs where it's mm-hmm. just one and one. And we got one and done on this. We got yeah. it. <laughs> I can think of ideas for this like all day long. All day long. Bitch, <laughs> this is not, this is easy peasy, lemon squeezy. <laughs> I have no problem. I was literally texting you. I have an idea for this one. Oh, and I thought about this. I know I thought about this. I know I thought about <laughs> It's like. I just funny. think of so many cliche scenarios mm-hmm. that you, uh, that are just, that You're men like, have taken and went wanna... the wrong way a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we've got to like correct it. Yep. <laughs> Where it's like, oh no, this will be perfect now. <laughs> now that we're doing it, it will be perfect. <laughs> so check out AR Taboo if you haven't. It's on our website. There's a tab at the top. Go check it out. So that's just our little plug. Um, let's talk about Mink. So the book you're about to listen to is called Capturing His Kitten. It is connected with vetting his kitten. And I'll read you the book bio. Capturing His Kitten. Mariana isn't the kind of woman I ever expected to have a chance with. Not one I'm a rough enforcer, someone who shouldn't be within 10 feet of everyone as innocent as Mariana, Mariana. But I can't shake my need to have her. And when she looks at me with those big eyes, I can feel the heat behind them. She wants me just as badly. So I take her, all of her, and I claim her body and soul for myself. She's the only one who's ever been able to tame my violent heart. But we have a past full of shadows, and there's one in particular we'll have to face before we can start our new life together. Even so, I'll never let Mariana slip through my fingers, no matter what. So that's Capturing His Kitten you're about to listen to. She has a brand new release called Unexpected Love, which is a Beauty and the Beast retelling. And she also has Cuffed Love, which is free right now. So make sure you check both of those out. All in KU, right? They're all in KU. And then um, the giveaway this week is a signed paperback and a $25 gift card. So that's awesome. I love it. I'll put so, all the links in the show notes. Yes. Make sure you check out all that good stuff. So that's it. All right. Tell them what to do. Wait. Oh, we got to sit no men. I was going to say, I think we have to play the book first. But yes, let's do that. We'll see you on the other side. Bye. Bye. The I Love You series by Julie Capulet. It's an epic love story. Rafe and Lexi's connection begins with a white-hot lust that neither is prepared for. Then it deepens into an all-consuming love affair that awes them both. As they succumb to the ultimate obsession, secrets from their past resurface and forces beyond their control converge, threatening to break their beautiful bond. Get swept away by the steamy and romantic love story in which Rafe and Lexi's damage 
proved to be the link that binds them irrevocably. This box set includes XOXO, I love you, XOXO, I love you more, love you the most, and Max. Grab them now all together on sale for 99 cents or get it in Kindle Unlimited. That's the I Love You series by Julie Capulet. This is Capturing His Kitten by Mink. Read for you by Lori West and Christian Black. Chapter 1 Mariana I stare up at the ceiling, my body numb. Either I'm a psychopath or I'm on emotional overload. I'm not sure how I should be feeling right now, knowing that my father is somewhere close by, likely tied to a chair, bleeding to death. I close my eyes to picture the moment again when Fenton pulled out the knife and stabbed my father right in the chest, hoping that maybe this time I'll have some remorse. But still, I feel nothing. The only time I can seem to get myself to experience any type of emotion right now is when I think of Fenton. It might have to do with the fact that he makes me feel things I've never felt before. He also makes me want things I can never have, especially with a man like him and the world he lives in. For as long as I can remember, I've wanted out of this life. It's clear Fenton will never leave it, since he was more than willing to die for it, not even hours ago. Typically, death is the only way anyone can escape this lifelong commitment. But with the way things went down today, I think I'm going to be offered the rare chance of an out, a future that I didn't think was in the cards for me. How could I ever turn that down? The opportunity is rarer than winning the lottery. A knock sounds at my bedroom door. Okay, not my bedroom, but the one I'm currently staying in at the Lombardi estate. I've been here since my father offered me up as a virgin bride to Grant Lombardi, the head of the family. My father wanted more power and figured merging the families would give him that but he hadn't planned on Grant already being madly in love with someone else, a woman I know he'll be marrying very soon. That is, if he pulls through and doesn't die. He too was injured when everything went down and is somewhere in this house bleeding from a gunshot wound. He's been in and out of consciousness, but they believe he's going to make it. The Alderone family was taken down tonight. I even helped the Lombardi clan against my own father. I was nothing more than a pawn to my family. They had hoped a marriage between Grant and me would call a truce between the families. But I'm sure my father had a plan to try and ruin them from the inside out. He surely wasn't out to make peace. He only cares about himself. He would throw me to the devil if it helped him in some way. Sole, Fenton calls. I smile a little at that. He calls me the sun in Italian. Probably because I'm blonde. It's nothing more than that, I remind myself. Not like I light up his life or anything stupidly romantic. I'd be a fool to think otherwise. 
he opens my door, not waiting for me to respond. My heart flutters as it always does when I first see him. He always puts my mind and my body at war with one another. I hadn't bothered with locking the door. There was no point. I learned that quickly, the first time Fenton let himself into my room when I wouldn't answer the door. I sit up. His black hair is wet, and all the blood from the battle earlier has been washed from his body. Some of it was his own. The bruises on his face are already starting to turn purple. Yet it doesn't do a thing to take away from how handsome he is. I swear it only makes him look sexier. In the short time I've known Fenton, I've fallen for him. The day my dad showed up here at the Lombardi estate, demanding that I come back home, Fenton had stepped right in front of him to protect me, letting my father know I wasn't going anywhere. It was the first time in my life someone stood up to my father for me. The crush I had on Fenton from the very first day I saw him blossomed. To be honest, it shoved me right into love. There was no stopping it. Even if he is everything I said I'd never want in a man. He's crass, bloodthirsty, and this life will always come first to him. It's laughable because all those things are the reasons I've fallen for him. I should be running for the damn hills, but I find myself doing the exact opposite. His crude, crass comments turn me on, and his need to kill my father and the loyalty he shows to his family are things I find myself wanting from him. The things I was so desperate to get away from are now the things I find myself desiring the most. I want all of it when I imagine it with him. I wish he could give me a future, but I know he can't. Are you just going to stand there? I ask as he looms in the doorway. My words must take him by surprise. I'm unsure why. He should be used to me poking at him by now. I see the heat in his eyes as he steps into my room quickly and slams the door hard behind him, clicking the lock into place. You're naked, he growls. I washed all the blood off, I shrug, trying to stay strong. I've never been naked in front of a man before. I've been dressed up in barely their clothes so my father could show me off, but never nude. Your door wasn't locked. The deep rumble of his voice has my nipples hardening. I press my thighs together. Does that really matter around here? Besides, I lick my lips. I thought you made it pretty clear that if anyone was going to get to play with me, it was you. If he wants to be crude about me, I'll do it right back. In a flash, Fenton is across the room and pinning me to the bed beneath him. My legs have to spread wide to fit his size. It's almost painful, but the burn is sweet. I can't help but wonder if it's the same sensation I'll feel when he breaks my virginity. Don't toy with me. I'm already on edge after today. I'm not toying with you. I know what I want. 
I want to feel again, and I know Fenton can give me that. Even if this is only for tonight. It will sting to be one of many in what I'm sure is a long line of women for a man like him. I've heard him talk. There is no way he doesn't have mistresses all over town. Same as all the other men in this lifestyle. Careful. He tries to warn me again. I didn't think Fenton would be a man who would give more than one warning. You have no idea what you want, little girl. I wrap my legs around him, thrusting up against his cock. Then make me a woman. Chapter 2 Fenton She's teasing me. She has to be. But she's pushed me too fucking far this time. I claim her mouth, her body going tense, then loosening as I kiss and suck her lips. When she parts them, I delve inside, tonguing her as I rock my hips against her. In here, naked. She was lying in wait. Just the thought of someone else finding her like this makes me thrust harder. I have to claim her, to mark her as mine. I run one hand down her body and cup one of her tits. She moans when I pinch her nipple between my thumb and forefinger, then roll the stiff bud. I memorize every sound, every move she makes. There's no stopping this. Not now. Not after the bloodbath we just survived. I've wanted her from the moment I saw her. And now there's nothing between us except my motherfucking clothes. Pulling away from her, I yank my shirt off, then unfasten my pants and shuck them down my legs. She watches, her swollen lips parted. When I look down, I see her wet cunt and catch her erotic scent. So fucking sultry, the way she looks up at me. Is this what you wanted? Me on top of you? Taking every last bit of you, I lean down and inhale her, her pink pussy glistening. When I press my mouth to her, she clutches the blanket and looks down at me. Watch me, Mariana. I want you to see what I do to you. I dive in, licking and sucking her pussy. She tastes like heaven, and my cock thickens even more. I need to be inside her. Fenton! She tries to pull away from me. It's too much. Not a fucking chance. I grip her hips and hold her in place as I devour her. Should have thought of that before you flaunted this sweet cunt. I flick her clit with the tip of my tongue. Now it's mine. All fucking mine. I speed up on her clit, her cries growing louder and wilder. And right when she's about to come, I back off. She cries out in frustration as I get to my knees and grip my shaft. Not until I'm inside you. Not until you feel me everywhere. Look. I stroke myself slowly. Look what you've done to me. Her gaze goes to my cock, her tongue darting out to lick her lips. I want to feed every inch into her mouth. Soon, but not now. Now I'm taking her virginity, 
Now I'm making her mine. I come down over her and press my head against her wet slit. You asked for this. I run my teeth along her throat. And I'm going to give you every bit of me. She swallows hard, her hips moving against me. Give it to me. Oh, fuck. I groan and press my head inside her. She's so goddamn tight and slick and perfect. I don't know how I'm going to last, but I will. I have to. I won't spend inside her until she's coming. Slowly, I push all the way in. She stills, her breath catching. I kiss her mouth, wishing I could take the pain away. But she has to feel this. And I want her to know I'm the one who took her virginity. To feel me in her bones. She's already part of me in ways I never imagined. I want to be just as much a part of her. It'll pass. I kiss her throat, her chest, and then back to her mouth. And then I'll make it feel so good, Mariana. You'll come all over my cock, and I'll give you every drop I've got. Can you imagine that, my good little girl? My cock spilling inside you. She makes an mmm noise and starts kissing me back. Then she moves her hips, her nails biting into my shoulders. More, she whimpers. I pull out and push all the way back in. This is mine, Mariana. All fucking mine. No other man will ever touch you like this. If anyone else does, I'll kill them. No hesitation. Do you hear me? Yes, she breathes. She knows I'm true to my word. I've killed plenty. And I'll do it again if it means me and mine are on top in this world. I thrust again. Harder this time. She moans and holds on to me. Sliding one hand to her hip, I pin her to the bed and fuck her, feeling every bit of her as I move inside her. She likes it when I grind. She likes it when I suck her tits. And she fucking loves it when I play with her clit. I study her, learn her, taste her. She's so goddamn sexy. From the sounds she makes to the way she looks up at me. I thrust harder, deeper, hitting all the right spots. I can't stop. Wet sounds echo around the room. Her pussy soaked for me. I love it. I only wish I could lap it up with my tongue. Instead, I kiss her again, roughly, possessively, and I go hard, so hard that our skin slaps together and the bed shakes with each impact. I want her to feel me for days. I'm on edge, my body demanding I come, but I won't, not until she's good. I've never wanted to please anyone other than myself, but with her, it's different. With Mariana, I want to make her happy, to make her come, to make her feel like a woman, just like she said. So I deny myself, while still enjoying every stroke, every pant, 
every fucking second. Her cries stop, her brows drawing together. She's close. Fuck, so am I. When her thighs start to shake, I reach between us and stroke her clit. Her hips lock, the breath catching in her lungs, and then she lets out a low, sexy cry. She comes like an angel, her beautiful face filled with pleasure. I push deep and let myself go, filling her tight body with my seed and claiming every bit of her for myself. Chapter 3 Mariana I come to with soft kisses being placed against my neck. You even smell warm and sweet, like the sun. Fenton whispers against my skin. I try to pretend to be asleep, wondering if he'll say more. He's being so cute. I've seen his boss, Grant, act this way. Towards Amelia. Before that, I never in all my life saw a man in our world, let alone a boss, treat a woman well. I didn't know there were men in this world that could be that way. I thought they were only in movies or romance novels. I know you're awake. I gasp when he takes a small nip of me, the sensation shooting straight to my clit. Okay, I might enjoy some of the roughness, too. I press my legs together, thinking about how Fenton took me. I'm tender, but it's not as bad as I thought it might be. His release is still sticky on my thighs. I'd be lying if I said I don't love the fact that he marked me. I'm surprised you're still here. I bite the inside of my cheek to shut the hell up. My insecurities are showing. I'm trying to play fun and flirty. That's what this is. I can be casual. Cool, even. You passed out on me. I wasn't done. I never want him to be done. I hate how much I love the way he makes me feel. His tongue sweeps over the spot where he bit me. I can't stop the moan that comes from me. I should dismiss him. Tell him I'm done, for now. Let him know if I get an itch, I'll call for him. Instead, I turn my head and kiss him. Sole, he groans against my mouth. Are you sore? Who cares? I try to pull him back to the kiss, but he doesn't let me. I care. He snaps as he pulls back even more from me. Is he telling me no? Does he not want to have sex with me? Ouch. I thought men were always up for sex. Fine, forget it. I push back to turn the other way so I can slip from the bed. Where do you think you're going? He growls, his arm wrapping around my waist, pulling me back to him. Within seconds, he has me pinned under him. To shower if we're done here. I try to pull my arms free, but he has them firmly pinned to the bed. I should be upset he's holding me down, but all I am is turned on, 
I said, I'm not done. He presses his mouth to mine in a hard, almost punishing kiss. You think you can wash me off? What is wrong with you? You don't even make any freaking sense. That's because you fuck with my head. You're driving me insane. I open my mouth, but close it, not sure how to respond to that. Stay still. He gives me a hard stare as he releases my wrists from over my head. I don't move as he makes his way down my body. Anyone ever tell you that you have perfect tits? He asks before he sucks one of my nipples into his mouth. All I can do is moan. My back arches off the bed. Don't answer that. Enough blood has been spilled today already. I have to admit that I love it that he seems jealous. He moves farther down my body, spreading my thighs wide to make room for himself. You always smell good, but damn, I love the smell of my cum marking your skin he says as he spreads the lips of my sex. I sink my teeth into my bottom lip, trying not to move. All I want to do is lift my hips and shove myself right into his mouth. The ache is unbearable. He blows against my clit, only making it worse. Fenton, I whimper, what are you doing? I dig my fingers into the sheet as my whole body starts to throb with need. I'm checking to see how sore you are. His mouth brushes my clit, his warm breath tickling me as he slowly sinks one finger inside me, making me moan. My hips rise off the bed. Fuck, how are you tighter? You're going to kill me. Do something. I start to beg. You're swollen. I can't take you, but I can make it better. Before I can ask what he means, his tongue comes out and circles my clit. Yes, I breathe out as he starts to stroke me with his tongue. He pulls his finger out, but I don't get the chance to protest because he immediately sucks my clit into his mouth. He gives hard pulls as he flicks my clit back and forth. I'm on the edge of an orgasm when he pushes a finger into my ass, shoving me right off that cliff. Fenton? I scream out his name at the unexpected amount of pleasure that consumes me. So many emotions hit me as he milks my orgasm from me, leaving me breathless. How the hell... Does this man know exactly what I need? I look down when I feel him press soft kisses on each of my thighs. I expect him to crawl back up my body, but he doesn't. Instead, he rests his head on one thigh as he strokes his fingers gently up and down the other. Aren't you going to? I trail off. He lifts his head and gives me a serious look. You're sore. I'm not going to hurt you. More emotions bubble up inside of me. So many it starts to choke me. I'm really starting to understand what people mean by being careful what you ask for. 
I wanted to feel something, and now it's all too much. Stop it. I sit up, needing to get away from him. If I don't get myself together, I know my emotions will get the best of me. This was only supposed to be a moment of fun with this man. That's what I told myself. He was supposed to fuck me, make me feel good, and then leave. Not be all worried about me in this way. It's too much. I have to get out of here. It's then I see a few small spots of blood on the bed mixed with his cum. I don't know why seeing it makes things dawn on me that should have an hour ago. You didn't use a condom, I point out as Fenton sits up too. Every inch of him is on display. How the hell did his cock fit inside me? No wonder I'm sore. I can't help but wonder if he will talk crass about this with his men later. He's made comments about me before. Jokes about if I was bare down below or not. Now he knows firsthand. Will he report back the information? Another tidal wave of emotions hit me. I didn't. He smirks. He makes a grab for me, but I barely dodge him as I make my way out of the bed. Sole. The smirk drops from his face, and I can see worry settle in. Get back in this bed, he orders. Fuck you, I shout back before I run for the bathroom. He gives chase. I barely make it in time to get the door shut and locked behind me. I'm shocked it doesn't give with the force he hits it with. It was a stupid move. That door will never stand a chance against him. And I know it. Chapter 4 Fenton I can't read her. One minute she's coming and calling my name, the next she's locking me out. Sola, open the door. No. I force myself to take a calming breath. If I don't, I'll turn this door into splinters. Why not? I need to think. About me? I ask. Get over yourself. Never. Just like I'll never get over her. She's mine now no matter if she tries to run. I own her, just like she owns me. I'm going to clean up. Don't wash me off. I run my finger down the wood door. I want my smell branded into her skin. Then maybe I'll start to calm the fuck down. You're like an animal. I nod even though she can't see me. I'm going to fuck you like one as soon as you're ready. Fenton! She smacks the door. It's cute. Almost as cute as her perfect little pussy. Which reminds me. You're right. What? Some of the irritation fades from her tone. You were right about me making a crude joke about you. It wasn't my best moment. I didn't realize. Well, I only had a feeling. A feeling? Feelings. This is new to me. It's something I've never had to deal with before when it came to a woman. She knocked me on my ass from the start. I was beyond crude because I didn't understand what the hell was going on inside of me. 
about you. I press my palm to the door. I apologize for what I said. Like I said, I had this feeling about you. But I didn't realize you would be my bride. I don't want anyone ever thinking about her pussy. If she is shaved or bare is only for my knowledge. I'll murder anyone else who might want to know. A possessiveness roars through my veins. The word mine chants over and over in my mind with each beat of my heart. I hear something thunk. You okay? I eye the door, thinking about breaking it down again. But I worry she's too close to it and I might hurt her in the process. Did you just say, ride? Her voice is close now. She must have plunked her forehead against the door. Yes. I thought I made this clear when I took her virginity. She's it for me. I'm all hers. And you know, you fucking know. Like, as in you want to marry me? As in we are going to get married. Yes. She lets out a huff. You're insane. Am I? I smirk and twist the door handle. Let me in. I'm starting to grow anxious. I'm like a junkie, and she's my fix. The more time I'm with her, the more I know she's mine. I need to think. You'll think better in the shower while I wash your body. There's no way I can think when you're touching me. Naked, with water, and bubbles. Nope. Sola. I won't ask you again. I tap on the wood. Open this door. If I have to break it down, I'm going to spank you. She gasps. You wouldn't dare. I'd dare quite a bit for you, Mariana. A sizzle of desire pumps through me at the thought of spanking her round ass. No, I need to think. You need to go away. Just go do whatever mafia crap you like to do. I'm not the one. I don't want this life. I want... What do you want, Sola? Tell me, and I'll make it happen. I'd do anything for her. I just need to know what that anything is. Ah! She smacks the door again. Well? I ask. She's silent. Sola? More silence. Then I hear the shower turn on. I step back and sigh. We've known each other for only a short time, but I'm certain Mariana realizes I'm not the sort of man to let her walk away from me. Does she need a lesson in who she's marrying? Stand clear, I warn her with a smile, and with a sure kick, bust the door open. She shrieks and turns to gawk at me, her body on perfect display in the glass shower. Fenton! I warned you, Sola. I open the door and step in with her, then grip her shoulder and press her against the wall. She looks up at me. What are you going to- I whip her around so I have a nice view of her taut ass. I warned you, Sola. Rearing back, I let her have a hard slap, then another, and another. She cries out, then moans as I rub the red hand mark. Now, Sola, tell me what you want. I turn her around and tilt her chin up so she looks at me. You just... you just spanked me. I'll do it again if you lock me out. I cage her in, 
backing her into the tile. This is your life, Sorla. You and me. Together, we can do whatever we want. She nibbles her lip. Your father's business? It will be ours. Her shoulders slump a little. What? Nothing. She slides out from between me and the wall and reaches for the shampoo. What is it? I take her arm and look into her eyes. Tell me. That's why you want me, isn't it? For my family name? I should have known it was some plan for you to take over and make a name for yourself. I'm just a feather in your cap. Sola, that's not... Can I please shower in peace? She turns her back to me. No. I stroke my hand down her back. She makes a frustrated groan and shoves the shampoo bottle into my hand. And make yourself useful. My pleasure. I smirk and take the bottle as she glares daggers at me. Leaning closer, I say close to her ear. I think you'll find I'm a very difficult man to get rid of. And I think you'll find I'm a very difficult woman to hang on to. She crosses her arms under her tits, making them even more biteable. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I start soaping her soft hair. She moves closer to me, her ass brushing against my erection. I groan. She's torturing me. I hope she never stops. Once I've rinsed her and smoothed conditioner through her golden locks, I soap up the loofah and begin running it all over her fair skin. When I get to her tits, I take my time, rubbing and caressing. She swallows hard, her heartbeat rapid as I tease her. You're terrible at this, she says, but she can't hide the breathiness in her voice or the way she glances right at my cock. I think you like it. I keep stroking her tits, using my fingers along the edge of the loofah to rub her nipples. I know you do. She gives my cock a pointed look, and I swear to God it feels like a touch. My knees almost go weak. I do. Are we done here? She snaps. Almost. I move the loofah lower and stroke between her thighs. But I think we should discuss wedding plans, don't you? Her jaw drops right as I let the loofah go and use my fingers to spread her lips and rub her clit. She makes a strangled sound, then grips my shoulders as I stroke her. Dropping to one knee, I keep rubbing her just right. Mariana, will you marry me? She gasps, her hips moving against my fingers. And then she comes her breath catching in her throat as she moans. I grin up at her. I'll take that as a yes. Welcome back. Welcome back, lady listeners. Remember to enter this week's giveaway for a chance to win a $25 gift card and a signed paperback. Also check out Cuffed Love that is free in her brand new release, Unexpected Love, which is the Beauty and the Beast retelling. So we'll have all of this in the show notes, so make sure you check that out. Now tell them what to do. <laughs> Fuck your day up. Make sure your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could 
sit back, relax. 